Well, thank you folks for allowing me to go back east. Um, I did have some chowder and some lobster, and uh, yes, my R's are still back there in some ways, so you can have some fun with me this morning. You can listen up and see where the R's land. Either I'll take them off or I'll add them on to another word somewhere else, but it was a good trip. Uh, I got to see some family and spend some time and some rest, and so uh, thank you for that, that blessing and being able to come back and come back to a new year and come back to seeing all of you. I did miss you. Uh, it's good to be back home uh, here with you and to be here with you, especially this morning. So um, we're not going to be doing Focus, Joe. Um, we did that. We did a lot of that in 2020, but we're going to shift a little bit. Um, but still, those words still apply, staying focused and being focused on that. Um, today, the title of today's message is Be Strong and Courageous. I was a little concerned when I was listening to the songs that Linda had picked out and you guys were singing because you guys were talking about surrendering. And certainly, that almost seems like a contrast in some ways, right? To surrender, yet be bold and courageous. But not. We can do both, right? Surrender to God's will uh, is certainly part of that. And part of being bold and courageous is because we can have God doing that work in us. So, with that, we're going to head to the Old Testament today. We're going to go all the way back to Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 31. Back there, Moses is transitioning. Moses is at the end of his life, and he's coming to a long time of being in the desert, and he's right at the cusp of going into the promised land. Yet he's not going to be able to do that. He's going to pass that off to his protege, if you want to call it that, or to the next person who's going to lead. Again, that transitioning, coming over, and kind of want to use that same thought and that same imagery for us. We're coming out of 2020 and going into 2021. And as uh, I think PJ mentioned, you know, making plans in the current climate is pretty hard to do. Um, I know when I stood here last year and we were making plans for 2020, um, shutting the church down for two and a half months and going through all that we've been through and the, the changes was not in the plans. I, I can guarantee it. it wasn't in my plans anyways. It wasn't in the elders' plans. But you know what? God knew. God was faithful through all that. God took care of us through that whole time. And so we can look back and see God's faithfulness even through this last year. But you know what? God's been faithful from the beginning. He hasn't changed. Uh, sometimes we change, but, but God hasn't changed. He has been very faithful. And so we're going to see that even in today's text as we work through that. Um, again, as that transition, God is the constant. He is the faithful one. People, not so much. But God is faithful. So with that, Deuteronomy chapter 31, we're going to read a few verses there, and then we're going to skip a little ahead to the story. But I want to give you this as background for this morning's message. It says, Then Moses went out and spoke these words to all Israel to lead you. I am now 120 years old, and I am no longer, longer able to lead you. The Lord has said to me, you shall not cross the Jordan. The Lord your God himself will cross over ahead of you. He will destroy these nations before you. You will take possessions of their land. Joshua will cross over ahead of you, as the Lord has said. And the Lord will do to them what he did to Shiam and Og, the kings of the Amorites whom he destroyed along with their land. The Lord will deliver you, deliver them to you, and you must do to them all that I have commanded you. 
Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. The Lord, for the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. Let's stop right there a little bit. Again, kind of sets up the story, right? Moses is passing along. He's, he's 120. That's old enough. That's old enough. That's a long enough time to lead, certainly. Uh, again, there's no retirement plan in, in God's ministry there. It's just, it's time. He's, he's done. He's come to the end. But he's passing it on to Joshua. And if you know Joshua, Joshua is one of the two that went ahead 40 years earlier and said, hey, we can take the land, right? He was part of the twelve. Unfortunately, the other 10 disagreed with him and Caleb. And so God punished them. And they made them wander around for another 40 years. And a whole generation was lost as they were wandering around. But Joshua remained faithful and proved himself to be faithful and waited to that moment. And now he's going to be the next leader. Now, as much as there is on the leadership, we see of Moses and Joshua, who goes first into the land? Hey, nothing's changed. I don't ask rhetorical questions on, in 2021 more than I did in 2020. Who went ahead? God. God, right? God. God is the one that goes ahead. It says there in the text. God is the one that does the work, all right? God uses people. He certainly uses a man. And again, Joshua is not perfect. Moses, we know, was not perfect. Good thing God uses imperfect people. Amen? Yeah. Yeah, Certainly. I know that. I looked in the mirror at an imperfect man this morning, and so um, it's amazing how that works. But God goes ahead. God is the one that does the work. God is the one always that needs to get the credit, right? It's his faithfulness, his holiness. He's the one that does the work. So he sets it up, and and Moses reminds him, hey, you've got a, a mission here. You've got to do the same thing that was done before as far as clearing out the land, Again, this is a little hard for us in our our context today to understand this, but God gives them a land that was already conquered, but it was, I mean, it was already under siege, but it was already set up, right? You know, most of the time when they come in, they destroy, right? But they're going to go into a land that's already fruitful. The land's already been brought up. It's already been tilled. It's already been worked. The, The vineyards are already growing grapes, right? So it's a land of milk and honey. It's already set up. The only problem is there's pagan people there and they're worshiping a false god and God is going to use the Israelites to clean that land and set up his people there. And so that's what's taking place here. And so there's a command from Moses to Joshua, you need to be obedient to God. He's the one that's going to help you. He's the one that's going to take you. And he's saying, you need to be strong and courageous, right? As a leader, as a people, need to be strong and courageous. You're going to hear that over again. It's, it's a repeating theme, and whenever you hear something repeated in the Bible multiple times, it means it's important, so we want to pay attention to that. Verse 7, I'm just going to finish this little section as we switch over, but it says, Then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him, In the presence of all Israel, be strong and courageous, for you must go with these people into the land that the Lord swore to their forefathers to give to them. And you must divide it among them as their inheritance. The Lord himself goes before you, and he will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Wow, what a prediction, right? 
Moses is predicting that, hey, Joshua, you got to go do this, but you know what? There's going to be times when you're going to doubt. You're going to wonder, is this what I'm really supposed to be doing? In fact, you may even go so far as to be discouraged. Does that sound familiar? Have you ever embarked on a task or taken on a project and gotten discouraged? Right? Or you start doubting yourself? Right? I can do that, right? I can get stuck in my own mind and start saying, all right, is this really what God wanted me to do? Am I doubting? You know, am I supposed to be where I'm at? Right? It happens to all of us. Right? And Moses is, is saying that to, to Joshua. Hey, don't be discouraged. Be strong. And again, this is a daunting task. He's leading a large number of people. Um, estimates are well over 2 million. There's a lot of folks. They've also got an immediate problem as well. You know what the other problem is? They're standing at a river that's pretty big. It's pretty long. It's pretty big. And how do you get millions of people to the other side? Right? That, that's, a, that's a challenge in it. There's no bridge. There's no, no, no gateway. or there's, there's not a ferry system set up. There's no planes. You can't fly over. You, you've, you've got to go through this river to get to the other side. And you'll have to read a little bit more, but we'll, we'll see how they do that. So if you have your Bibles, flip over with me. We're going to go over to, to Joshua chapter 1. Again, Moses is passing. He's going to die. Um, we'll see that in, in Joshua here as it's coming up. Oh, I flipped too far. There we go. Chapter 1 of Joshua. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, This is my son of Nun, Moses Moses' aid. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and I and all these people are ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give to them. To the Israelites, I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I have promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to, the, to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, to the Hittite country, to the great sea on the west. No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Wow, what great words, right? Again, not only the torch is passed, Joshua now has the command. He has, Moses has turned it over and said, hey, Joshua is the one that's going to lead you. But notice now the Lord himself is speaking to Joshua. Joshua obviously has a relationship with him. He has a relationship with God himself, and, and he's, he's conversing back and forth. There's some time that takes place here. We don't see that in the scripture, but there's actually 30 days of mourning that they took for Moses. So there's some time period here, and then, again, as time goes on, I'm sure there probably became some doubt, right? You know, you've been following this guy Moses for a long time, and your, your fathers and generations have followed him, and now all of a sudden he's gone. And yeah, Joshua's taking control, but is he really the right leader? Yeah, Moses said it, but you know, there's some uneasiness. But now the focus shifts to the mission. What's next? What's ahead? Right? We're going to go take the next land. We're going to go across the river. Right? So we see that here. The, the mission's been given, and God is guiding, God is leading, God is put the next person in charge to help them, get them across. And he says to them, and I love this in verse 5, it says, no one will be able to stand up against you. 
all the days of your life. Right? And if we look back, we, we see that. God was faithful to Joshua. Right? And as long as the Israelites did what God told them to do, God took care of them. He blessed them. It was true. They were able to capture. Now, were they faithful in that? Did they always do that? No. Kind of goes back to that perfect and imperfect people. They were an imperfect people just like we are. And we have the same struggle, right? We sometimes don't obey God, right? And so God doesn't stand with that. That's not, he's not going to let us do that. But, and I have this underline highlighted. It's a reminder. It says, I will never leave you or forsake you. Even in those circumstances, even in those times when they weren't doing right, God was right there. Is God still right there with us today? Not a rhetorical question. <laughs> yes. Oh, man, man. Every once in a while, I just to make sure. I make sure I'm not, not speaking to an empty room again. I remember that, and so I, I, I need that, that help. But it's so true, right? God is always there. We actually even talked about a little bit at our men's group yesterday. We talked about the further we get away from God, right? And we, it takes us several steps, and sometimes we go way away from God. But all we have to do is ask forgiveness, and God's right there, right? It takes him no time to restore the relationship. We can walk away and take months, years, and even longer if we stay in our sins and stay away from God. But he's right there. The same thing here is that reassurance. God will never forsake us, nor did he forsake them. Verse 6, familiar, right? Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land. I swore to their forefathers to give to them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to the all of the law my servant Moses gave to you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Let's stop right there, right? Be strong and courageous, and then again, it, it takes it up or not to be, be very courageous, right? God's got a task for them to do that's going to require great strength. It's going to require great courage, right? Because they're not always going to be able to see. We don't always see ahead, right? Any faith step that we take... We don't get all the details. We don't get the whole plan, right? At least in my life, my experience, and most everyone I've talked to, we get the next step, maybe like we were planning, but we don't know where that foot's going to land. We don't, certainly don't know where the next step is. And just like we were planning last year, you know, we took some steps, initial steps. We're going to be doing that this year. But do we know where we're going to end up? No. But there's some things that we do know. No matter where we step, God's going to be there. God's going to be faithful. He's going to be the one, if we allow, to be in control. Also here, uh, there's that warning that's tied into these verses as well. It says, be careful to obey the law, right? Again, the law there, the word of God, obey, right? Doesn't mean that we can do it our way. We have to do it according to God's purposes, Right? God's word sets things. We can't circumvent that. We can't shortcut it. I think that's where that left or right, right? We, we, we tend to want to omit things, right, or try to jump ahead, right? And that's not what God's saying. He's, no, follow the law. Stay on the path. 
Don't get distracted. Don't go to the left or right. Don't omit something. Don't add something. Stay true to God's word. In fact, he reiterates that here in verse 8. He says, do not let the book of the law depart from your mouth. My Bible says marinate on it, but this says meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything that's written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. All right? Back to the word. Do not let it part from your mouth. Meditate on it. And I've got that double underlined, highlighted, because you know what? I need that reminder, right? We tend to want to lean on our own understanding or our own wisdom. But God's word is where we find the power. That's where we find the truth. And I do. I I mean, I I make fun of the word meditate, marinate. Again, it's the same. It, It needs to seep in. It needs to become such a part of us that it's just, it's part of our fabric. It's part of our, our undergirding. That we can look at it, we know it, but also, more importantly, that we do it. Right? But just think how helpful that is. That's, that's that guide. That's that help when we know that keeps us on the right path. God's Word. Getting back to it. And how important that is. Right? And it says, you may be careful to do everything that's written in it. Right? Not just parts of it, but all of it. And so the importance of that. And again, it's not a guarantee, but it certainly is is a promise here. And it's certainly something that we can look to. It says, if you do, then you will be prosperous and successful. That's a little misleading in a way, right? Again, because we tend to look at the world's definition of that, right? Right? Prosperous, we think of rich, right? Money, right? I'm going to have all sorts of money if I, I do exact. No, that's not, not what this passage is saying by any means. But there are blessings by following God's word. There certainly are things that we do process. And, and blessings go beyond, we know, as believers, way beyond financial, right? And successful. What is successful, Right? And if we go by the world's definition, um, it may be a, a high-powered leadership, it may be the latest, the greatest home, the car, the position, but that's not always being successful. Being spiritually successful is being in right relationship with God, and that we can all obtain. We can all have that, and so that's part of that pointing, let God be in our lives, be in that relationship, following his word, doing his word. Is all part of that being successful. And then because God knows us, again, he repeats, be courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Again, God likes to remind us, because you know what? He knows us. We forget, right? How many times do we forget that? You know, we, sometimes we know it here, but we don't always live it out in our hearts or in our actions our responses to things, they don't show that, right? You know, do not be terrified. Again, they have a daunting task ahead of them. I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't know what's next that you have. It certainly can be a, a daunting task. We don't know what's going to be thrown at us next, right? 
We can use these same words. Do not be terrified, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. It's great encouragement with that. He even says, do not be discouraged. He knows we're going to get down. We're going to get short-sighted. We're not going to see what God's doing in our life in the midst of those trials. And he's saying, hey, hang in there. Be strong. Be courageous. I'm going to be with you. So the story goes on a little bit more. And again, we kind of see where he marches off of this. And it says, so Joshua ordered the officers of the people, go through the camp and tell the people, get your supplies ready. Three days from now, you will come, you will cross the Jordan. Here, go in and take possession of the land, and the Lord your God has given you for your own. Just want to stop there real brief, right? Now, God's told them. He's going to be with them. He's told them the mission. He's told them what to do. But what do they have to do? They, have, they, got, they, got, they got to act, right? They got to get some action, right? They got to get some supplies, right? They didn't just say, all right, God, you know, beam us across the river, right? Or we're going to go empty-handed. We're just going to walk. Yes, I made a Star Wars reference or a Star Trek reference. I'm not sure what... Star Trek? All right. So, yeah, I don't even watch it that much. But anyways, I get in trouble with my wife, who is a Trekkie. Or, anyway. Um, so, I know. I'm going to pay for that one later. Anyways. Back to the text before I get in trouble, because I'm going to try to be strong and courageous now. No. <laughs> Gathering supplies, right? They're getting ready. They're preparing for it. It's not wrong to prepare. It's not wrong to get ready. It's not wrong to, to gather up, to try to be thinking ahead. Those are not wrong things. Just remember that who's really in control. And so, Joshua is getting them ready, and, and I'm sure there's some doubts. And again, he sent out his leaders, but I'm sure there's some doubt going through the camp, playing, all right, we're getting our stuff. We're going to do something we've never done before. You ever heard that before in a church meeting, right? We're going to do something we've never done before. Uh, I've been in churches where that instills fear and panic. Not so here, because we've done many of those things. But he's getting them ready. They're going to go across the water. They're going to go into the land. They're going to start this great mission. But they've got to gather some supplies. He even gives them time. He gives them time to do that. Verse 12. But the Reubenites and the Gathites and the half the tribe of Manasseh, Joshua said, Remember the command that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you. The Lord your God has given you rest and has granted you this land. Your wives and your children and your livestock may stay in the land that Moses gave you east of the Jordan. But all of your fighting men, fully armed, must cross over ahead of your brothers. You're to help your brothers until the Lord gives them rest, just as they have done for you. And until they too have, been, have taken possession of the land, the Lord your God has given them. After that, you may go back and occupy your own land, which Moses, a servant of the Lord, gave to you east of the Jordan toward the sunrise. All right, you might want to go back and study this because a lot there about the, the 12 tribes and the land, more than I'm going to cover this morning. So you got some homework if you want to go back and look at that, the Old Testament. But basically, there's some tribes that are on the east side of the river, and they could have easily said, you know what, we have nothing to gain by going across the river and helping you conquer your land, right? We've already been established. We've got our land. We're settled. We're at peace. Why would we go across. But Joshua's saying, hey, remember, 
He's kind of calling them to task here. Remember, we helped you get established in your area. Now we need your fighting men to go across and help us on the other side. And interesting, that, that word rest is kind of a, an oddity in some ways because he talks about having rest in the land and having rest back in, the, in their, their places of home. Um, that rest doesn't mean it's not without conflict. doesn't mean that there, it's without turmoil because we know from the history that they did. But they are established. And there is rest in the fact that they rest and that that becomes their own. Right? Once God gives them that land, at least for that time, as long as they're obedient, there is rest in that this is now yours. But that doesn't mean it's not under attack. And so it's a little bit misleading there with the rest because we kind of think of, oh, they, can, they just accomplish this mission, then they can kick back and, and be done, right? How many times have we we've done the same thing, right? We have a, a project or a job to do, and we, we do it, and then we kind of kick back and say, ah, got that one completed, right? Cross it off the list guess what? There's usually something else on the list, or maybe while we were doing that one, there's something more added to the list, right? God has more for them to do than just conquer the land, right? And again, you got to read on to that and see. There's always the next step. God has more for us to do. It's not just a one and done. It's a continuation. So that's a little bit of that background, all right, I'm going to wrap it up here a little bit this morning with verse 16 and kind of pull this back together to us. Verse 16 says, Then they answered Joshua, Whatever you've commanded us, we will do. And wherever you send we will go. Just as we fully obeyed Moses, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your word and does not obey your words Whatever you may command them will be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. I've actually worked through this passage a couple times with different leadership books and leadership guides, and I'm not sure it's always the best passage, but there is a lot that can be learned about this. In some ways, they're giving Joshua a blank check, right? In some ways, right? They're saying, hey, Whatever you commanded, right? We're going to do whatever you say. We're going to obey, just as we did Moses. We're, we're going to be obedient. Now, I'm sure Joshua was probably thinking, now, wait a minute. You weren't always obedient to Moses. That's kind of why we spent 40 years in the desert, more than we had to, right? But at least in pledge, they're saying, hey, we are going to support you, right? We are going to go where you tell us to go. We're going, to be, we're going to obey you. They're, they're recognizing, Joshua, we're going to follow you just like we did Moses in many ways. Again, read on to the story. You can see where that doesn't always work out. They don't always follow Joshua, but at least the start of, they've committed to doing that. Right? With a little condition. I think this condition is put in there, again, to, to help bridge that gap. It says, only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses, Right? At least at that moment, they recognized that it wasn't Moses that was the great leader. And they're saying in the same way, it's not that Joshua is the great leader and that he knows it all, but that if God is with you, then we will follow. And that's a condition that's in there. And again, it should be the same condition for us, right? 
If you don't feel that God's telling you to do something or God's leading, don't let any other person tell you differently. Hear me. You need to be sure that God is the one that's leading. Not any person, not any man, not, not anyone. Go back and use God's word, certainly. Pray, certainly. Listen to the Holy Spirit. If God is telling you that you need to do, then you need to do it, no matter what anyone else says. That's key to that, and I think that's what they are saying here. Hey, if God is telling you, then we are going to follow. We willingly follow. In fact, we're going to follow so much that if someone goes against us, we're going to put them to death. They're selling out at this point. Only there, if you want to use that word, the kekka is only if God says. Only if God is leading. Only if God is the one. And why? Why is that? Why is it that they're willing to do that? I always ask that question. Why? Why? Because they've seen God be faithful. God has been faithful from the beginning, and they're being reminded of that. God is the one that's taking care of their needs. God is the one that's given them the land that they've already gotten so far. And they're trusting not blindly, not without cause, but they're trusting that God's going to do the same work on the other side of the river. And so that's where they're able to do that. And then lastly, it ends with this. It says, only be strong and courageous. Like I said, I encourage you to read on. There's a lot more to the story. There's several chapters. And we're not going to be going through the book of Joshua um, over the next couple of weeks, but I just wanted to leave that with this morning as we are launching into 2021. And I want you to remember these words as, as an encouragement, as a charge, as a looking forward in your own spiritual walk. Be strong. Be courageous. Right? Take bold steps. Right? And undergird that and use the things that God's given you. Use his word. Meditate. Read it. Put it into practice. Let it seep into you. Pray. Pray as we are praying for the 40 days, right? We're praying that God leads us as a church body in the right direction. And not only our church body, but as a denomination. Pray. Pray and pray often, right? Paul tells us later on to pray without ceasing. Have that atmosphere that I can hear God at any moment that open line of communication, that God will direct us, right? And then again, as God tells you, instructs you, leads you, and he will be, step out in faith, right? Because God is faithful and he will be with you. Bow with me, please. Gracious Heavenly Father, as we come to you this morning, Lord, we, we know that in our own strength, we are nothing. Lord, we know that we need you in every step of the way. Lord, we recognize our inadequacies, Lord, and we humbly surrender our lives to you. Lord, we ask for a, an outpouring of Holy Spirit on each and every one of us here this morning, Lord, that you would help us, that you would guide us, that you would direct us. Lord, help us to be faithful to things that we know we ought to do the reading of your word, the, the praying, the reaching out, the doing. And Lord, this morning as we recognize what you did on the cross for us, Lord, and 
and thankful for that and remembering you and the great sacrifice that you did on our behalf. Lord, continue to bless us here at Point Way and that you would continue to use us, guide us, and direct us. Lord, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to ask if a couple of the elders will come up as we prepare, like I said, for Here at Pointway, we have a, an open communion table, and we, by open we mean as a believer, you are, are welcome to partake of that. Um, it's not included in membership or non-member or any of that. It's an open communion table as you're a believer in Christ. But we also want to do it as a group together, as a church body together, but we also want to do it in the right way and with the right heart. And so Scripture instructs us that way, and so we do that here. It says, Therefore, whoever eats of the bread or drinks from the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. It says, A man ought to examine him, the Lord, eats of the bread or drinks from the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without recognizing the body of the Lord, eats and drinks judgment on himself. And what we like to do here is just take a few moments, just there in your seat, just close your eyes, bow your head, and it's just between you and God uh, to make sure that you are doing this in the right spirit. So let's do that. Tony, if he'll give thanks for the cup and the bread that we're about to receive. receiving both the, the cup and the bread together, and we'll do that together. Their cups are stacked on each other. Uh, taking the bread, it says, For when I receive from the Lord, I also pass on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he had taken the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this, and whenever you drink it, remember me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink from this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. I'm going to ask the ladies to come up and lead us in closing worship and 
as we are reminded this morning, there's still cups and there's still um, communion left. And that's to remind us that there are still folks out there that don't know Christ. And that should remind us to be uh, adamant in sharing the gospel so that many more will come and recognize what Christ did on the cross for us.